I think Lance is not the only one that's going to need Melaleuca. Is that what it's called? And uh, I think a lot of us got a lot of sun this last week, it looks like. And uh, welcome to summer here in Montana. I know that uh, I was blessed this last week to be able to participate in the the canoe trip, the teen leadership canoe trip that I know has, has been happening for uh, closing on 25 years now. And it's, it was an amazing time. Uh, we, we spent uh, three days going down an area of, of the Marias River this year with uh, young men and, and their Christian dads uh, talking about what it means to be a godly, godly man and what it means to live out God's life for us in this world. And boy, there were some amazing things happened. We got into a mosquito infestation that I haven't seen for years. Have you guys been in something like that? You ever been in a situation where there's so many mosquitoes around you can't hold still and you just, you just want to not be wherever you're at? It's, it's pretty nasty stuff. We had that, and it was, what was amazing about it is these young guys just pushed through. Uh, it would have been really easy for morale to dip, but they just pushed through and, and uh, were able to survive it. Had some just amazing times, amazing spiritual discussions. And I've seen from that time uh, over and over again is people will come, and that is a time that they come back and say later in life, is that, those, that time of, of just disconnecting and just talking about what it means to be a man of God really changed the direction of my life and my kid's life. And, and so that was something I got to participate in last week, and I know that there was eight of us from this area uh, all carpooled together in Winton. It was uh, quite, a, quite a transformational time for us. And so if you got young guys that are coming up in the next years, you can participate in that as well. Um, but uh, glad we made it back safely. Oh, there was, uh, there's, always, there's always excitement on trips like that, and I'm and, uh, glad that didn't have anybody really tip over or, or any, anything like that. Um, I'm going to back up just a little bit before we jump into what we're going to talk about today. The last year and a half, uh, we spent quite a bit of time talking about Mark on Sunday morning here. The book of Mark and just the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and talking about what is, why are we here, what are we all about, and what is, who is Jesus? And, and started and, and went through all of that. And then we spent time talking about how do we become part of the kingdom of God. In the last few months, we've been talking about what it means to be a community of the Holy Spirit. Now, community of the Holy Spirit, kingdom of God, the church, those are all terms meaning the people of God and what are we supposed to look like. I use the term the community of the Holy Spirit because it's not used as much. But when you go through the book of Acts, you see over and over and over again God's Holy Spirit working in all sorts of different ways to transform people to look like what God wants them to be. And so that's really what we're supposed to be as a people of God, is a people that's transformed, a people that looks different, this community of the Holy Spirit. And there is a, there's a whole lot we've talked about, and there's a whole lot more we can talk about. But I'm going to tie up some loose ends today, and then for the rest of the summer we're going to talk about some different things until we, we get in a new series uh, this fall. But one of the things that we see about the community of the Holy Spirit from the book of Acts is the community of the Holy Spirit is made to, designed, built, ordained, however you want to say it, to expand. That is the natural position of God's community on this earth is to expand. Hey, our, our, in contrast, it's not, uh, we're, we're not a, a people that, that God has set apart to say, all right, what I want you guys to do is just to be this people. If there's six of you now, there's going to be six of you later, and that's just what's going to happen. That's what you're supposed to look like from here out. That's not how God has designed his community, and we'll talk about why that is here in just a minute. But God's community, the Holy Spirit, is, is designed 
in this world to go out and to expand wherever we're at. I know the songs, the comments that Lee made, the comments that Lance made, all dovetail with what we're going to talk about here. But I want to lay the foundation going to Acts chapter 2. Let's go there. And we're just going to read a phrases going through the book of Acts. And these phrases usually occur in summary statements, just giving a summary of what is happening here with the church and how it's, uh, how it's growing. But I'm going to read through these, these uh, summary statements here, just pieces of summary statements, really. Verse 47 of chapter 2, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, let's go to chapter 5, verse 14. Chapter 5, verse 14. It says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 7. The word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Skip over to chapter 8. And what's happening here is the church gets persecuted. And so there, all the growth has happened. And so, of course, the, Satan is not, not far away ever in those type of situations, and there's persecution starts happening. But look at chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So what Satan intended to destroy and to scatter, this scattering just functioned as a mode for more and more people to hear the message of God. Let's go to chapter 11, verse 21. 11, 21. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 5. Chapter 16, verse 5, says, So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Okay, you see those statements over and over again in the book of Acts. This is what we have happening. Is that when God's spirit is working, God is, is working among his people, God's kingdom continues to expand. And that's not just numerically. Sometimes you see that in, in the book of Acts. But we grow deeper in our faith, we grow stronger, and we just continue to expand. God's kingdom continues to go out into the world around us and make a difference and shine that light all over the place. And so that's what we see here, is that is the default posture of the kingdom of God, the way God has designed us to be. So our question is, is when we look around the world, there is a, a fair amount of church growth material. I listen to podcasts and see what's out there. And it's amazing how much, when you look at Christendom, we look at the, the broad spectrum here in the United States. In Christendom, there's many of the old line denominations, uh, many of church groups out there are doing the opposite of what this default posture is, like going out into the world and making disciples and expanding. What's happened is, in my lifetime, in the time that, just the time that I've been alive, there are a number of groups in the United States that have their membership has been cut in half because, you know, for various reasons, and are going the opposite direction. Instead of expanding into the, the world and bringing people in, are, are going the opposite direction and, and, and cutting their numbers and spiritual growth in half. And so the question for me, whenever I hear those type of things, and with the Church of Christ, that hasn't been the case. It's been about even. Uh, for us, there's places where there's there's been some diminishing, and there's places where there's been growth. In Montana, you've seen growth. In my lifetime, you've seen quite a bit of expansion, uh, by and large. Now, 
Now that okay, I want to make sure that that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm not. I'm just saying that's what I've ex- experienced and seen. All right. I'm not saying you know as long as I've been alive here. Okay. I want to make that very sure because as soon as I said that, I said that doesn't sound very good. I want to make sure that that's not what. Okay. What's that? You like that? Okay. Well, all right. What? Carrie's always here for me. Here to my my thorn in my side and my encouragement right here always. Right. Okay. So God God's working. Um, and so the question is, how, how do we make sure, as a people, as a community of the Spirit, that we are a people that is submitting to God in a way that allows Him to use us to continue to expand His message into the community around us, wherever that may be? There's an analogy, as I've thought about this, and this lesson here, I, I thought, I've had it in my head for months, um, and how to, how to share this. And there's an analogy that came into my head, and, and I don't know if I read something that prompted this or someone else said it and I forgot, but this has been really helpful for me to think about it. Is there is, a, we'll use the analogy of a ship. Now, that, there's a few things in life. There's actually a whole thing, a whole lot of things in life that I have not done yet that I would love to do. I'd love to ride in a fighter jet. I'd love to ride in a helicopter. I'd love to ride in a sailboat. You know, I probably, I could keep four or five people busy. You know, I think all of us could. And I haven't been able to do that yet, ride in a, an old-fashioned sailboat. But I've seen movies, and probably most of us have, and these, these ships that are going out into the sea and, and, and what that looks like. As I understand, for, to be a ship that goes somewhere, you have to decide that there's a destination somewhere. Now, the Mayflower, when the Mayflower went from England to Jamestown and back and forth and, and brought people over. As I understand, it seems like maybe this, this should go without saying, but the captain of the Mayflower said, I know what the destination is, and I want to make sure that we arrive at that destination. They didn't just leave harbor and say, well, we'll just see what happens. Here we go. And I know that somehow, sooner or later, the, the ship will, 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 will land somewhere and then we'll all be happy. That doesn't, if you aim at nothing, you're sure going to hit it. Um, and, and I'm sure the sea captains understood that a whole lot more than us. But we have to decide that there's going to be a destination. Sea captain has to decide there's going to be a def- destination. We're going to go from England, we're going to go over to Jamestown, and that's where that's the direction we're going. That's what our purpose is. And so there's a couple of different parts that help the, the boat get to, to whatever the destination is. We have the supernatural part to start with, is... All over the world, this amazing world that God has created, there are winds and there are currents that are moving all the time in the ocean. Uh, I know that I've seen maps before of the ocean currents, and I don't have... That's so different for me because I've lived in Montana most of my life, and I've never really experienced the power of an ocean current or, or what makes that work. But I know that sea captains understand that, and when they... Take off with their boat and just look at this, the picture of the ship up there. This huge ship that is massive, that is, that is full of weight, that's full of people, it's full of cargo. Every time they push out from harbor, they understand that there's going to be invisible forces that help them move from one place to the next. And that takes a bit of faith, doesn't it? It takes a bit of faith to push out from harbor knowing that there's things that I can't touch, that I don't understand, that are going to help this massive vessel move somewhere else. And I understand that wind comes from, some of you science types can help correct me if this is incorrect, but the uneven, uneven heating of the earth produces winds that, that move, uh, uh, move all around. 
And so when you get these big ships out there, there is this supernatural aspect that helps move them that, that we don't understand a whole lot about. We just know that it does and it works. Now, there's not, that's not the only part of it. There's another part of it is the crew has to decide and has to have some knowledge on how to make sure that they take advantage of these supernatural events, the winds and the currents that are going to push this ship around. The crew has to understand that we're going to use sails and anchors in order to make use of this. Okay? Now, I know that there's a very valuable reason why ships have anchors, but for our purposes today, we're going to use that this is a negative analogy. So sails, I know that I've seen in movies at times where a ship is going across the ocean and they throw up the sail and you can just see the power and you can, I can almost feel it as, as the, the ship just takes off and goes. Uh, I've watched some of the America's Cup at times where they'll throw up one of those, there, there's a special name for it that escapes me right now, but that sail that sits way out in front and they throw that up when they want to really go. And they, they throw that up and boy, this, this big ship that weighs tons, that is full of cargo and people, again, just takes off and is able to rocket across this ocean. Now, imagine what happens if you have the, uh, uh, let's talk about it in, in terms of the America's Cup, where they're racing, and r- racing these big yachts. And what happens if this crew decides, well, you know, as we go and, and try to race to our, our next destination, what we're going to do is we're just going to, hang an anchor out there the whole time. How do you think that's going to go? Is that going to go very well? Yeah. I know on the canoe trip, something we tell the young guys is whenever you put your hand in the water, you hang your feet out or stuff, that's fine. But just understand, if the person up front is trying to paddle and trying to get you downstream and the person in the back is hanging their feet out, there's not, they're not going to be very happy with each other because you're trying to accomplish opposite things. And so... There is a, a crew has to decide, we're going to make sure that we put these sails up, that we don't have anchors in the water, but we're going to take advantage of these supernatural events and that it's going to push us across the water and get us where our destination is. Okay, this analogy has been playing through my mind over and over and over again over the last, over the last few months. And let's use it from a, a spiritual perspective here. Okay, here's the lesson. As a community of the Holy Spirit, what's our destination? And we've talked about that. And it's not just, oh, we're going to get to heaven someday, so we're going to sit here in a holding pattern until someday we go to be with God. But this is something I wrote up, and this could be changed, this can be expanded, whatever. But this gets the idea across. is Our destination is to be a people renewed by God, following the teachings of Jesus, living by the Holy Spirit, shining to the world around us and inviting others into the presence of God. Boy, and if we do that day in, day out, then we are on our journey. Remember, we talked about the, the tension that we live with, the tension of already and not yet, already that we've been given heaven, already that we've won the battle, already that, that we have eternal life, but we haven't yet taken hold of every bit of that yet uh, until Jesus returns. And so it's this already but not quite yet tension that we live with. But this is, what, this is our destination as a people of God and as a community of the Holy Spirit is to be a light to the world around us and to be going towards this, this destination all the time as individuals and as a community. Okay, so let's use the analogy of the ship here. Um, how do we get there? So how do we look like that? Because I know as people, I know myself well enough, and my wife knows me more 
probably better, is that I know that I'm supposed to be a light to the world. I know that I'm supposed to be this, this shining example of godliness all the time. But I also know myself well enough that, to know that I fall short on a pretty regular basis. Even though I know that I have been made perfect and transformed uh, by the blood of Jesus, that sinful nature is always there trying to, to, to fight and trying to, to wrestle with me. And, uh, and I rely on the grace of God to take care of my mistakes and my shortcomings and to, uh, to, to help me to continue to get up and to continue to be uh, faithful and, and honor God. And so the question is, how do, I, how, do I, how do I get there? How do I look more like that statement that we read in being this light to the world? Well, there's a supernatural part, the winds and the currents. Now, for us who are people of God, we understand that uh, sometimes we, we may have... Let me say it differently. Let's say it differently, okay? Maybe for us, we can, um, we can miss the mark if we think the community of God is just, oh, here we are, this is who we are, this is how we're going to be, and, and uh, what's for lunch kind of thing. Instead of seeing the community of God as a people of God that is designed to be in this world and expanding. And there is all sorts of material written about church growth and how can churches grow and how do churches do this and how can churches effectively do that. There's a podcast I ris- listen to regularly that looks at scientific research on churches and how this can work and how this doesn't and all that kind of stuff. I, my emphasis in my master's program was how to, to take ch- churches and try to, to work them to grow and all that. I could go through, through model after model after model after model of church growth material. And all of that has been valuable for me in my head and in my heart and trying to think through how, how God's church is supposed to look like. But if we only talk about that, we miss the most important part here. The most important part is that God, like we see in the book of Acts, has designed his church to expand and to grow. And it's like a ship that is going out in the ocean there, is that God has this wind that he continues to push and continues to provide, and he has these currents that he continues to provide. But if we don't put up sails and we don't remove the anchors, then churches are going to be up there just just wandering in the wind, wandering in the waves, not knowing how to take advantage of this wind that God is pushing, the ways that God is continuing to work around us. And so with ships, it's different than cars. The cars, I know that if I drive from here to Missoula, what's the easiest way to get from here to Missoula? I-90, yep, get on the I-90, and I stay in the right lane unless I have to pass somebody, and I just go. Hey, that's how it works, isn't it? It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. But with a ship, as a ship is crossing the ocean, going from England to Jamestown, for example, is the ship going to take the exact same route every time? Is it going to look exactly the same every time? No, that's not the case, because the weather conditions are going to be different. The wind is going to be pushing in some different ways. The currents are going to change depending on the seasons. But the ship is still going to get there. And so ship captains have to be very astute at reading what's going on around them to say, all right, this is the way we went last time, but the currents are different. The wind is different. We're going to put the different sails up, and we're going to head this direction because this is going to get us to our destination. This is going to get us where we need to go. And for us as people, as individuals, and as a church, it's important for us to realize that God is working around us all the time. 
And I remember when I started realizing that as a young man, I know as a, as a very young guy, and I think this is just natural spiritual development, is as I learned the books of the Bible, I learned morality, I learned all those type of things, but I remember it was much later in life that I started to realize, wait a minute, God is doing something here. God is working around me, and this is, this is more than I anticipate. This is more than I imagine. And I see that God's, God's work is, is happening around me. God is, is using the things that I say sometimes to actually make a difference. Oh, man, that's kind of spooky. What am I supposed to do with that? That's scary. No, those type of things. Uh, we see that God is working. And over time, what we do is we learn to see the winds and the currents of God's work and put up our sails in order to, to follow those. Okay, again, here's, but here's our part. I've, I've delved into this a little bit already. We as a crew of God, on his ship that is working to become more of what God wants us to be, uh, there's all sorts of things that we can put up sails. The, the one sails that catch God's power and help us continue to move forward and look like what he wants us to be. The natural one that we come to immediately is, what are some programs that we can do that help reach out to the community? Hey, there's some great ones. I know the VBS here a couple weeks ago. Uh, what a tremendous opportunity to share God's message with, with children in, this, in, the, in the area. And there was uh, about 60 kids that participated. There was a lot of good conversations with parents. There's a lot of seeds that were planted. Tremendous opportunity there. I know that um, it was mentioned uh, earlier during our prayer time, there is a... Uh, uh, the the farmer's market, the Belgrade farmer's market that is happening right now. I know my wife has been, when she got to Belgrade, she said, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do that's good? And so Sylvia has been, if you go to the farmer's market this Thursday, she's going to have a shirt on that says manager, market manager. Um, so she's one of several. But I've been a, 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 a farmer's market widow here for the last while because she's been very, very active in participating in that. And, and that, that's our, kind of the joke around the house. But there is a... One of the things that happened last week that I wasn't here for it, I didn't see it, I just heard about it. But um, the, um, there's a cotton candy machine brought and with a little church sign that said, kids, come on over, free cotton candy. And from what I hear, there was so many really, really positive, good discussions that happened with people in the community because that was just one way that we as a church could say, here, let's put up a sale. Let's see where God is working. Maybe with this excitement that the community of Belgrade in general is developing, saying, what, hey, let's have a farmer's market here. Let's see what we can do and as a community because uh, we've got some talented people here. Let's, let's, see if, uh, um, let's see what we can do. And us as a church saying, let's take advantage of this opportunity and, and see where God is working. That's, that's one neat opportunity. Now, we see, uh, we see it in... Any ministry that that is that gets us out in the community that pr- presents the God's message in a positive light that is not distracting is one of those sales that we can we can put up. But maybe more importantly than any of that, because it's really interesting. It's something I've noticed about ministers, and you have to be a little bit a little bit cautious with ministers because sometimes ministers can sit in our ivory towers and miss all the wonderful things that are happening around that are not official. Okay, let me share what I what I mean by that. Is sometimes we can talk about all the things that we need to do to reach out to our community, all the things that we need to do to, to share to, so that our community can know about God. But as I look around here, what I see is every one of you, in some form or fashion, in some way, has influence and is involved in our community, whether it be with your job or your neighborhood or wherever, that you have influence that 
I don't with people that I don't have. And none of the elders have that influence. None of the elders or myself probably know the person that lives next door to you. They don't, we don't know their hurts. We don't know their life situation. We don't know all of that. But you do. And you have that relationship. And you have that friendship with them. And if you and me and all of us decide one by one that I'm going to be a sale and I'm going to make sure, like Lance was talking about, I appreciate Lance's heart and his conviction there to share earlier that I just want people to know God. And we do whatever we can in our context, in our situation, to share the message of God, then guess what? We're going into our community and we're sharing that. And we're looking around. We're, we're learning to look around and say, God, what can you do with me right now where I'm at? And it may not mean starting a program with a church or anything like that, but I've got all these neighbors, I've got all these friends that don't know God, and today is going to be the day that I start to, to be the sale. I'm going to throw the sale out there and I'm going to start sharing the message of God in some form or fashion, sharing some kind of, of a spiritual word to these people and inviting them to come and participate with the community of God so that somehow, somewhere, some of these people will come into the kingdom of God and be saved. Just like Acts chapter 8, verse 4, those that were scattered preached the word wherever they went. These, he's not talking about, if you read the context, it's not talking about people who were trained speakers or ministers or whatever. There's shopkeepers, there's anybody who, was, uh, who, who was, was pushed out of Jerusalem during that time decided, I'm going to be one that shares the message of God wherever I'm at. Ooh, that's powerful. That's powerful when we, we all share that aspect of the community of God. So that's, that's one thing that, that all of us, as individuals and as a church, that it's important for us to think about on a regular basis. Am I being a sail that is catching the, the powerful wind that God is providing and, and going forward with his spiritual plan? Or do I have anchors that I've hung out here? Um, let's talk about anchors for just a second. Now, there is a story in, um, in Joshua chapter 7 that always impacts me. The story of Achan. How many of you remember the story of Achan? Hey, the Israelites have done... Pretty powerful stuff. They've gone into Canaan. They've marched around the, the city of Jericho. The walls have fallen down. And God told the Israelites, destroy everything that's in the city. Devote it to God completely. And so a guy named Achan hears that message. He knows that that's what God has called him to do. But they go in and they destroy. And boy, he sees, you can imagine as he's going in there and, and he's got an intention to follow the message of God. But he sees this beautiful Babylonian robe. And he thinks, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that. And he sees some gold, sees some silver, sees that stuff. And somewhere in the chaos of all that battle, he grabs it and he hides it and he brings it back home and he puts it in his tent. Nobody's going to know, right? Nobody's going to know. Well, the next battle the Israelites went into, several people lost their lives. And, uh, and God tells the people, there is sin in the camp, and it needs to be dealt with. They cast lots, and Achan, Achan's sin comes out. Um, there's, I'm convinced, in my uh, looking out at our spiritual landscape in our world around us, um, that churches that have gone from here to here member-wise has a whole lot to do with just sin being in the camp and refusing to say we are going to be a people that really transforms and really looks like God. 
And when, when traditions become more important than the Word of God and uh, ultimately um, the, the message of God is, uh, is hamstrung and we're not able to transform is ultimately what happens. And so I think about that uh, for myself a lot, and hopefully all of us do. Um, and I don't... Um, um, I just know for myself that I don't want to ever be an anchor that that causes uh, people to not come to God, and whether it be because of my personal choices or, or things that I just not have I just haven't dealt with from a sin perspective. But those type of things, whenever we end up acting that way or being that way in life, we end up um, uh, we end up usually costing the souls of other people in the process. Okay, now. I don't want you to, if you're sitting there thinking, oh man, I'm an anchor, this is not good. You know, I'm, this is, okay. If you're thinking that, that's great, okay? Because the message of God should be convicting for all of us. And it is for me, believe me. Uh, a lot of times when I get up here, I'm just working my own stuff out in front of y'all, okay? That's in front of y'all. I didn't, I've never, I only lived in Texas for three months. Where did that come from? But in front of every one of you, okay? But what I, what I hope we learn from this, and what I, I've, as I've pondered through this over the last while, is that God wants his kingdom to grow more than all the rest of us. And one of the biggest things we can do is, is work to stay out of God's way, not, create, not, not have sin in my life or, or distractions in my life that make it so that God cannot really use me, so that I just don't see to put up the sails uh, in my life and in the lives of my neighbors on a regular basis. And I'm convinced that being a community of the Holy Spirit means people that, as we went through, people that, that try to be led by the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We try to pursue those things. We try to get rid of those acts of the sinful nature that we see in Galatians chapter 5. We devote ourselves, as it says in Acts chapter 2, the apostles' teachings to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer, to generosity. It doesn't matter what happens around us because we will survive because God continues to push us along through it. And there's all sorts of times in, in the life, lives of churches, lives of individuals, where there are stormy seas. There's stormy seas, the ship is rocking about, and we look around and think, oh no, what's going to happen? This is terrible. But God is there with his supernatural wind that just continues to push us along and sees us through all those times. Um, that's what I'm excited about. I can tell you in the last year and a half that I've been here, I have been impressed over and over and over again by the amazing uh, amazing uh, demonstrations of faith that I see from you. I continue to learn. I continue to grow and be convicted by the lives that I see in you. And my prayer, hopefully the prayer of all of us, is that we continue to, to to accomplish and continue to work towards the mission of God and what he wants us to be here in our part of the world. And if we do that every day, every one of us, every day, then, boy, five years from now, ten years from now, one year from now, um, I think all of us are always going to be impressed with what God does among us. Let's finish with a prayer today. Father in heaven, we thank you for the day you've given us and, and all the blessings. And I'm so thankful for this community of faith and this community of the Holy Spirit that is here. And I pray that every one of us can see you working around us, can put up our sails, and catch the, the great wind that you are, are providing to push us forward and to look more like you and to redeem this world around us. And I pray that all of, every one of us
can wake up every morning and say, I want to be a part of that. And we live out our lives day in, day out like that for as long as you give us life. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.